Thank you so much for joining us today at our Savior's Church, where we are one church meeting in five different locations. And our goal is to help you on your spiritual journey to know God, find freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference in the lives around you. If you'd like to learn more about our Savior's Church or how to get involved, visit us online at OurSavior'sChurch.com. If you're, this is your first time with us, I'm going to ask that you would allow me I need to talk to this congregation, like you might be here kicking tires or something, you know, like what's this church about? And uh, I, need to, I need to talk to this congregation. I, w- I want to get you ready. Uh, we're about to go into our prayer and fasting season as we do every year. One week of prayer and fasting and then coming out of that, on that Monday night is a spiritual renewal begins, three nights. I'm going to tell you a little bit more about that in a second. But I do want to remind you of last week's message with Pastor Chris Hodges. Was that amazing? Did y'all enjoy Pastor Chris? I love him. He kind of got a little Andy Griffith spirit up on him, you know. He's just like, I'm not really that great of a preacher or anything. And then he, boom, punches you in the face with the word. And it was incredible. Remember, he talked about the principle of first. God first. In the beginning, God. And he talked about giving the first of your year to God. That principle of God blessing, if you'll give God first, then he'll bless the rest. It's not about money or resources. If you just give God your first, he'll bless the rest. And he's talked about giving the first of our year. Well, the way we do that, give God the first of our year, is by our prayer and fasting season and spiritual renewal. So we all have this opportunity beginning tomorrow morning to come together and pray and fast. And I'll talk more about that in a second. And then also the first of the month to give our resources to the Lord. As God blesses us, we also in kind by honoring him and honoring the principle of first. First of the week, being in God's house. Congratulations. You're in God's house the first of the week so that God would bless the rest of your week. Come on, touch your neighbor and say, get ready. And watch this. And then that we would give the first of each day. And I don't remember, if you remember last week, this is so good. It was so simple. He said, could you give God the first of every morning? When you get up every day, could you just do, remember he said, five, five, and five. Just read the word for five minutes. If you'll just turn on your favorite worship song for five minutes and give God praise and gratitude for all that he's done. Listen, you're sitting in this room. You got something to be grateful for and thankful for. You woke up this morning. You're in your right mind. You found your way to church. I'm looking around. All of you look pretty nice. You look good. You're probably going to go home. You got food in your refrigerator. You got choices when you get home. And we ought to give God praise for everything. Amen? And then he said, take that last five minutes and just spend time in prayer. Oh, we all got things that we're asking God to move and to work in our life. So let's give God the first of our year, the first of our month, the first of our week, and the first of every single day. And then he said, I challenge you, if you'll do that in one year, your life will never be the same again. Can I get a witness from anybody in this room to say, that's true. So we're going to begin our prayer and fast tomorrow morning, 6 a.m. We'll be praying and fasting, joining together. Listen, I know 6 to 7 you go, well, I've got small children at home. If you're married, y'all can do the swap thing. You go Monday, I'll go Tuesday. We'll, we'll tend to it. You go, Pastor, you, I can only be, I, I, I got to be to work at, at 7.15 or 7.30. I, got to have, I couldn't make it because I got to leave early. If you can only make 30 minutes, come 30 minutes. If you go, my schedule only allow me to come one day, come one day. Just come. And I'll tell you why in just a moment. But we're going to begin fasting. How many of you have never fasted before? You go, I've never fasted before. Okay, thank you. The, the other, the earlier service, there was a lot of liars in that one. Nobody raised their hand. Uh, let, me, let me help you with fasting real quick. Fasting is where we simply say, I'm going to put away something because I want God more. Say it again. I want to put away something because I want God more. In the Bible, there were times that where people were called together as the body of Christ or the, God's people to fast. There's at least three different fasts that you'll find in the Bible. One was a complete fast. Some people in our church, I'm sure, are going to do a complete fast. Nothing but water and juice, no food for the next seven days. Heidi and I are not going to be doing that. And I don't suggest that you do it if you've never done it before, unless you've got a doctor's approval and you've gone to see your physician, a complete fast. 
The second kind of fast you'll find in Scripture is a selective fast. That's where you'll put away a certain kind of food. You might take out sugar out of your diet, dairy out of your diet, maybe meats out of your diet, and only eat vegetables. But you're putting something away that your body desires because you want God more. And then thirdly, a partial fast. And that might be to skip a meal a day or only have one meal a day. For Heidi and I, we're going to do just the evening meals over these next seven days. And so I want to encourage you. And let me give you the fourth that Pastor Chris gave us as well. And I would encourage you to do this. And maybe you can even add this to do a soul fast. And he says to take things that feed your soul, to starve the soul. And he listed those things. Television, media. Everybody look right here. Social media. Can I get an amen? Oh, it'd do you real good to get off social media. Some of you, that'd be worse than not eating. To get off social media just for one week and that you could go, you know what, I'm going to put all of that aside. It is a distraction. And then I'm going to pursue God for this week. So uh, I want to I want to encourage you. The fast begins. Uh, well, I, I told the earlier service this, but I'll just... We, Makisha said, it begins in the morning. That's fine. We can begin in the morning. You can begin this evening at sundown, whatever you want to do. But let's begin the fast. The fast is now beginning in Jesus' name. And everybody said? Okay, now let me tell you why you should fast. Uh, fasting does not change whether God hears our prayers, but it, change, it changes our prayers. Something happens when you fast and you pray. It's, it's not, it's, we, we, we fast to seek God's guidance, and I know many of us could use his guidance during a season that we're in right now. It makes us receptive to his, his guidance. It also, it's an opportunity for us to repent, because God will show you things while you're fasting and praying. He'll show you you, and it'll be, be an opportunity to show our seriousness, that we really want to follow God. It's a way to humble ourselves or to express humility. It's a way to express concern for the work of God. And I'm going to talk to you about that too in just a moment. It's a way to express our love and worship for God. It could say, as John Piper said, that what we hunger for most is what we worship and that we're really hungry for God. Oh, I know how fasting. I, I've, Heidi and I fasted extended periods of time. We did water and juice for 21 days, several years in a row. And you go, man, every time your stomach just churned, I'd go, I want you more, God. I want you more than food itself and to see what God would do on the other side of that. And especially as we're going into the week. So it's prayer and fasting all this week. And then next Monday night starts our spiritual renewal. Now we're going to have, I, I got some good news and bad news to tell you about Monday night. We, uh, we're going to have Torn Wells here uh, to sing lead worship. Y'all love Torn Wells? Torn Wells is phenomenal. If, if, I could, if, if we believed in reincarnation, I would want to come back as Torn Wells. I got all his moves, I just don't have his voice. I used to, in, in my own mind. Anyway, so here's, here's, that's the bad news. Torn, Torn's not going to be speaking. He's not going to be. Ready? Y'all want the good news now? Yeah. Pastor Jacob called me. He's, I'm, I'm in a meeting with Pastor Myron, Kevin Lalonde, Bishop Easton Shelvin, and we're talking about spiritual renewal. We're saying, man, what are we going to do? How are we going to do this? Pastor Jacob calls. And he used to, I grabbed the phone to get out of the meeting. He goes, what are you doing? I said, I'm in a meeting. I got Bishop Shelvin. I got Pastor Myron and Kevin Lalonde. He said, get back in there and put me on speakerphone. So I said, Pastor Jacob, you're on. Hey, man of God. Y'all know God loves Opelousas, right? He goes, Torn Wells just called me. Torn said, Pastor Jacob, I want to come, but I want my team to come with me. That's the, he's about to go on a, a world tour. I want my musicians to come with me, but if I go to Opelousas and preach, and he goes, first of all, can they come? Can they come? And Pastor Jacob said, hey, man, so he's talking about expenses and hotels and getting people here. He goes, man, we're already, we're, we're investing a lot of dollars into what already is here. He goes, so, he goes, I'll pay for them. I ain't got to pray about that. Yeah, bring them. He goes, 
I want them to be ministered to. And he goes, well, I'll minister. Pastor Jacob goes, I'll minister them. I'll minister to them. Bring them over to the house. I'll, 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 I'll minister to them. And he goes, no, no, I, I don't want to preach in Opelousas. They hear me all the time. I want them to hear somebody else. So Pastor Jacob gets off the phone and calls Darius Daniels. I don't know if y'all know Dr. Darius Daniels. Do y'all know Dr. Darius? He calls Dr. D and said, Dr. D, do you love me? <laughs> and he said, Pastor Jacob, there's the Father, there's the Son, there's the Holy Ghost, there's Shamika, my children, and then you. He said, good, would you do me a favor? And he told all that's happening here in Opelousas. Torin just wants to lead worship with his team, and if we had a word. And he said, Pastor Jacob, here's my only problem. i got to fly in, preach, and fly out. And he said, come on. So I'm sorry to report, Dr. Uh, Torn Wells will not be preaching. He will only be leading worship. And Dr. D will be bringing the word. That's the news on Monday night. Woo! Great is our faithfulness. Great is our faithfulness. Okay, watch this. Let me go to the word. I'm going to do a little business. Church, if you're a guest, my apologies. I got to talk to our congregation. If this is your church, you need to lean in and listen. I believe this word is a prophetic word to our congregation where we're at right now. Fasting is one thing. When to fast, partial fast, how to fast, all of those things. Sometimes you need to know the why behind the what. And I want to take you to the book of John chapter 11. I just can't get out of this book. I've been reading John, the book of John. And I want to read this story to you out of the book of John and see what the Lord says to us. Now, there was a certain man that was ill. It was Lazarus of Bethany, the village of Mary and her sister Martha. It was Mary who anointed the Lord with ointment and wiped his feet with her hair, whose brother Lazarus was ill. You get the story? You got Mary, Martha, two sisters, little brother Lazarus. Lazarus is sick. So the sisters sent to him, Jesus, saying, Lord, he whom you love is ill. I love that. They, they just said, he's Ill, the one you love. They don't even say his name. The one that you love. And Jesus knew. Don't you love that about Jesus? He Listen, Jesus loves everybody. But, but his love is sort of like a fire. The closer you get to it, the hotter it gets. And he loves this family. And the one that you love is sick. But when Jesus heard it, he said, this illness does not lead to death. It is for the glory of God so that the Son of God may be glorified through it. Now Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. So when he heard that Lazarus was ill, he stayed Y'all forgot, right? When it's in the yellow, y'all read it with me. So when he heard that Lazarus was ill, he stayed two days longer in the place that he was. I don't know about you, but there have been times where I've asked God to do something, and then he delays. He doesn't want to answer the prayer right when I want him to. Have you ever noticed that? He's not, he's not a on your time God. He's on his time God. And, and he said, I, I did, I'm, I'm going to stay two days longer. And he already told us in the previous verse because he wants to get God the glory through what is about to happen. Jesus can stay two, two days longer because he is the alpha and the omega. He is the beginning and the end. So he knows how it's always going to end. So when we pray and he doesn't answer immediately, we can sometimes get discouraged. But sometimes the delay is so that he'll get more glory. Are y'all tracking with me? Oh, y'all remember just a few months ago, I, I held up little baby Eli. Do y'all remember that? The family that had prayed for 10 years for a baby and couldn't have a baby. And the delay, the cries, we've cried with them, prayed with them, stood with them. And then God doesn't answer the delay. He, he didn't wait two days. He waited 10 years. 
But all the glory that God received on that Sunday as that little baby was dedicated and see a mom and daddy go, it was worth the wait because God gets all the glory. Come on, somebody. You got to give God praise for that. He going to stay. He's sick. I'm going to stay. Then after this, he said to the disciples, let us go to Judea again. The disciples said to him, Rabbi, the Jews were just now seeking to stone you there in Judea, and you are going there again? And Jesus answered, watch what he answered. And they're not 12 hours in the day. If anyone walks in the day, he does not stumble because he sees the light of this world. But if anyone walks in the night, he stumbles because the light is not in him. After saying th these things, let me, let me translate that real because it's almost like a little riddle that he says. You know, walks in the day, he doesn't stumble. Walks at night, he stumbles. What is he saying? Look, God has given me a job to do on this earth, and it's still daytime. And as long as it's daytime, nothing can stop the hand of God. I'm not worried about those who say they will stone me because it's still daytime. My job has not been finished yet. Look at me right here. He's not finished with you yet either. No, no, you didn't hear me. It's still daytime. He's still working. He's still working. Even when you don't see it, he's working. Somebody ought to write a song about that. Our friend Lazarus, he said, say it with me, has fallen asleep, but I go to awaken him. Now, I know some of you already know this story, right? You already know he, he, he's not really asleep. The disciples said to him, Lord, if he's fallen asleep, he's going to recover. That's good. If he's sick, he needs to go to bed. And if he goes to bed, he's going to recover. Now, Jesus had spoken of his death, but they thought he meant taking rest and sleep. Then Jesus told them plainly, Lazarus has died and for your sake I'm let's just stop okay hold on a second I'm what Lazarus has died and I'm glad just let that sink in just for a moment that's not the response you would want from Jesus right or anybody else they died I mean, if you hear that I die, do not say, oh, good. It's not the response I want. I'm glad. I'm glad that I was not there so you may. He sees the end. He's glad because he sees the end. He doesn't see the present. He sees the end. Is it possible that you could be walking through a season right now that you feel like it's over, it's done, and he's glad? Because he sees the end. That you may believe, but let us go to him. Let's go to him. So Thomas called the twin. I love this. This is who we know as Doubting Thomas. You've heard Doubting Thomas. Also called the twin. Even in Bible days, they had their, they, they had their real name and then they had their... Their nickname, just like Opelousas. I, I know half of you by your nickname and half of you by your real name. I'm not sure who. They go, yeah, you know, Pookie. I go, you mean James? No, not that Pookie, the other Pookie. You know, anyway, so Tom, they called him twin. The reason why they called him twin, here's what Jewish oral tradition says. The reason why they called Thomas twin was because he looked like Jesus. They were very similar, doppelgangers. He looked very similar. So he's thinking, oh my gosh, they're going, man, I look like Jesus. Watch what he says. So Thomas called twins said to his fellow disciples, let's, all, let's go also that we may all die with him. They're going back. And now when Jesus came, he found that Lazarus had already been in the tomb for four days. That's important. In Jewish, in, in biblical times, when someone died, they believed that the spirit of the person hovered over the body for three days. So it's important that you realize it's the fourth day, which means they'd already said, there's been three days the, the, in hopes of, in prayer for, that the spirit would decide to come back to the body. And if they didn't rise after three days, then they said, then it's over. And they prepared him for burial. So he'd been in there for four days. 
Bethany was near Jerusalem, about two miles off, and many of the Jews had come to Martha and Mary to console them concerning their brother. So when Martha heard that Jesus was coming, she went out to meet him, but Mary remained seated in the house. Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. But even now, I know that whatever you ask from God, God will give you. And Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. Watch what she says. Martha said to him, I know that he will rise again in the resurrection on the last day. Okay, that's not what she's not picking up what Jesus is laying down. Your brother will rise again. Her theology is good because that is true. There is going to be a resurrection on the last days. That will happen. And then Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. So let me, let me rephrase it. Jesus is not asking her, does she believe in the resurrection? He's not asking her, do you believe? No, he's saying, I am the resurrection and the life. He's not asking, do you think I can resurrect him? No, he's saying, I am the resurrection and the life. Let me, let me translate it. Where Jesus shows up and is welcomed, dead things come to life again. That's what it means. If Jesus is welcome in our church, then life happens in our church because he is the resurrection and the life. Can I get a witness from anybody in, this, in the congregation? Watch it. Watch it. Whoever believes in me, though he die, yet he shall live. And everyone who lives in me, believes in me, shall never die. Do you believe this? Oh, I love this about the gospel. Isn't it almost too good to be true? That Jesus comes and lives a perfect, sinless life and then dies on a cross for the sins of yours and mine and the world. And if we'll just put our faith, not, not what we achieve, but what we believe. Like if we'll just believe in him, that he'll remove all of our guilt and stain and put his righteousness on us which means death, the final thing that most men are afraid of, doesn't even have to bother us because it's already been conquered by the resurrected Christ. That means if you're in this room and you're a believer in Jesus, your last breath on earth is your first breath in heaven. It just means we say he passed. Yeah, he just passed from this world to the real world to be with God forever and eternity. We ought to give God praise for that. What a God. What an exchange. Watch this. Do you believe this? Now I'm asking this congregation, do you believe this? Do you believe this? She said to him, yes, Lord, I believe that you are the Christ, the Son of God, the Messiah, who is coming into the world. And when she had said this, she went and called her sister Mary, saying in private, she whispered to her, the teacher is here and he's calling for you. When she heard it, she rose quickly, went to him. Now Jesus had not yet come into the village, but was still in the place where Martha had met him. And when the Jews who were with her in the house, consoling her, saw Mary rise quickly and go out, they followed her, supposing that she was going to a tomb to weep there. Now when Mary came to Jesus, here's the other sister Mary, when she came to where Jesus was and saw him, she fell at his feet saying to him, Lord, if you've only would have been here, my brother would not have died. Same thing. Martha just said that a few verses earlier. So two sisters, they were obviously talking. If Jesus would have been here, he would not have died. When Jesus saw her weeping and the Jews who had come with her also weeping, he was deeply moved in his spirit and greatly troubled. And he said, where have you laid him? And they said to him, Lord, come and see. In verse 35, Jesus wept. That's important. This is the shortest verse in the Bible. It's two words. If you've had trouble memorizing verses, we all have. Let me give you a verse today that you can memorize. It's John eleven, thirty-five. 35. Jesus 
wept. Now let's try it again, everybody. Let's memorize it. John 11, 35. Ready? First word. Second word. You got it. You got it, people. Come on, somebody quote scripture at me. Jesus wept. You go, what's the shortest? But, uh, it may be the most impactful. Don't, 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 don't miss it because of its stature. He wept. This is divinity. The Son of God, the Messiah, God in an earth suit, Jesus. And now he's showing his full humanity that what breaks your heart and what you weep over also causes him to feel the same emotion, to weep. He feels, he is touched with our infirmities. He understands. We don't serve a God that does not feel and does not understand. The scripture says he faced everything that we face, even rejection from his father. Why have you forsaken me? He's faced it all, and yet he feels what you feel. I don't want a God that doesn't feel what I feel. I want a God that can empathize where I'm at so he can speak life to it because he understands. Are y'all with me this morning? We got a God that understands. You got a Jesus that understands. He's feeling. In fact, he's going to, Jesus wept. So the Jews said, see how he loved him. He really did love Lazarus. But some of them said, could not he who opened the eyes of the blind man also have kept this man from dying? And then Jesus, deeply moved again, came to the tomb. And it was a cave. And a stone laid against it. A cave with a stone against it. Hmm. We're, we're actually going to see this same picture just a few chapters later and a few days later. After Jesus is crucified on a cross and then placed in a tomb with a stone rolled over the cave. Do you all remember that? We, we celebrate Easter. Easter, the resurrection of Jesus. So I just want you to make sure we're seeing the same pictures. And Jesus is going to say in verse 39, Jesus said, How many of you know what's going to happen in this story already? Let me see your hand. If you already know what's going to happen, you've already seen the end of the movie. You know what's going to happen. A few chapters later, when Jesus is going to raise from the dead, how many of you know he didn't need nobody to move the stone? He don't need anybody to move this stone. But now he's going to ask the people to participate in a miracle. He's saying, if you want to see the miracle, then I'm going to allow you to participate in the miracle. I'm going to need you to move the stone. How I many you know he didn't have any problem moving the stone? Jesus could have said to the stone, get out of the way. And the stone would have had to obey. How do I know that? Because all I have to do is read the book of Genesis when he'd say, and let there be light. And there was light. Well, how separate water from earth and water separated from the earth. Let there be fish and birds of every kind. And there were fish and birds of every kind. Let's put the stars in heaven. Know every single one of them by name. He can do whatever he wants. He doesn't even need material to make material. He can do it ex nihilo, out of nothing. There is nothing too difficult for him. In fact, there is nothing difficult for him. He could have moved the stone himself, but instead he asked the congregation that was with him to participate in the miracle. Could you move the stone? Monday night football. Tamar Hamlin. This past Thursday, I shared this story of Damar Hamlin with the business leaders of our community, the elected officials of the community, and many of the pastors of our community. I got them all in one room. Somebody say miracle. The mayor, parish presidents, 
St. Landry Economic Development, Sheriff, Chief of Police, Marshal's Office, and the list goes on. State representatives from our parish, Dusty Miller, we even reached all the way down up into Evangeline Parish with Miss Rhonda Butler, the state representative there. Pastors from our community, other business leaders, entrepreneurs in our community, and got them all in one room and said, y'all watch Monday Night Football? Y'all see what happened to Tamar Hamlin? I don't know if you, were, if you were actually watching that night. If you just saw the clips, I was actually watching the game. It was, it was the Bills and the Bengals. Joe Burrow, you know, he's, he's our adopted son. So I like the Bengals just because of Joe Burrow. I never watched a big old game in my life until Joe Burrow and uh, Jamar, was it Chase? Uh, uh, J- yes, I, I knew I was right. Again. I never watched the Bengals in my life until they got down. I'm, I'm like, well, the Saints ain't doing good. I'm rooting for the Bengals. How many of y'all with me? Like, go Bengals. So then you're, watching the, you're just watching the game, and, and you're, watching, you're watching the game, and then somebody gets hurt. Well, that's not unusual. These are, these are oversized men that are fast and speed, and they hit each other. It's serious collisions, and it's nothing for someone to be off. And then you just saw it, and it's not even that uncommon for uh, somebody to go check on somebody or take a knee, and, and then they come, and they get the ambulance off. But something was different about this night, wasn't it? Something was different. You you saw them going and checking on, and then you saw the expressions on their faces, right? You looked at it, and you go, oh, oh. And people running, ambulance backing up. You go, okay, something's really, okay, it went from that. Then they go to the anchors. Remember, they they switch it to the anchors, and and they didn't know what to say. They're like, oh, man, thoughts and prayers. I mean, what do you think? I mean, we just really need to pray. I mean, this is... Wow, we don't really know what's going on. Back, okay, back to the booth. And then they go, well, there's nothing really new to report. But every time you saw the picture on the field was different. At first it was, I hope he's okay. And you, you saw, then you saw the, the, the bills all around. And then you started seeing the bingles joining them, right? And putting arms around one another. And man, encouraging each other. And then you go, man, what is going on? And then, then you heard the news, right, that they're, they're, they're giving CPR. They're, they're, they're trying to resuscitate. And then the scene got different. And then you saw all of it where, wait a minute. Man, we're on our knees now. I mean, you saw, it didn't matter who you were. Rich man, poor man, black man, white man, bill man, bingo man. It didn't matter. Coach, player, millionaire, starter, bench, special teams guy. It didn't matter if you were rich, mega million, ball boy, referee, NFL officials, everybody standing around. No, no, we all, we all come on in here. We, we got to call out to God because there's a dead man. It doesn't matter. The game doesn't matter anymore, does it? It doesn't matter if I'm a bill or a bingle. We got a dead man on the field. Man, we got we to gotta do something. We got to get down on our knees. I even saw, Heidi showed it to me. I didn't see it live, but the, one of the ESPN guys goes, we keep saying thoughts and prayers. I'm just going to pray right now. He said, Lord, we know that you heal people. We're asking in the name of Jesus that you would heal Damar right now. Out loud, we agree together. And then I looked at some pictures on Google, you know, some photos of it, and you could see the fans in the background. It shows everybody on their knees. And then in the background, you see people like this, all over. This, they, you know, they, holy hush. Why? Because there's a dead man on the field. I'm a bill, I'm a bill. No, no. Nobody cared anymore. And then I saw pictures of the fans outside of the stadium after the game in small groups. Bill, bingle, bill, bingle, bill, bingle, black, white, brown, dead. Nobody cared. They didn't care if they were Catholic or Baptist or charismatic or Pentecostal. They didn't care. They were all, why? 
Because there's a dead man on the field. Damar Hamlin is a representation of our very own community. It represents the very community in which we live. We can't walk by it anymore. We can't keep the game going anymore. We got to stop the game. We got to come together. And I'm talking to business leaders. I'm talking to pastors of different churches, different flavors, different cups. Y'all know we all got, we all got different cups. Most of the inside is the same. We just got a different cup on the outside. And if we make a big deal about the cup on the outside, how many know it ain't the outside that makes it, baby? It ain't the outside that saves you. It's not the outside. It's what's on the inside is what changes someone's life. Are you with me? It's on the inside. So we got a dead man on the field. I'm talking to the business leaders. We got a dead man on the field and we're worried about are we Catholic or Kojic or black or non-denominational or white or rich? Are we poor? Are you kidding me? We got to take responsibility for the condition of our community. It's on our watch. We're the leaders. You got elected to be a leader. You got appointed to be a leader. You got put in place by God to be a leader. We're the leaders of the community. And our community's not going to pray together outside the stadium until they see the leaders of the community on their knees calling out to Jesus. No, 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 no. See, it's, it's, it's beyond time, right? It's beyond time. So I told you a few weeks ago, a few months ago, I'm driving to church on a Sunday like this, and I always pray, same prayer. Lord, would you be with me today? Would you use me as an instrument in your hand for the glory of God? Father, uh, you have permission to interrupt this message at any point. I will follow whatever your Holy Spirit tells me to do. Please give me courage, boldness, Lord, I just pray for our people. Some of your names come up in my prayers. Some of your faces come up in my prayers. Oh, Lord. Oh, I know I'm going to say this. Ooh, ooh, Billy Bob needs to hear that. I'm going to look right at him when I say that. I'm going to look right at him. I'm driving. And the Holy Spirit, if God is my witness, says spiritual renewal. I ain't even thinking about spiritual renewal. He said, it needs to be a St. Landry thing. Not at our Savior's church thing. Okay. I was talking to you about Sunday service. He was talking to me about the end. I was talking to him about today. But he wanted to talk about tomorrow. I said, okay. So I've had two meetings with the leaders. Different churches, different flavors different uniforms, different officials, different leaders, and said, I'm asking. I'm just going to be obedient for what the Lord has asked us to do. Could we all come to spiritual renewal this year and get on our knees for our community because we got a dead man on the field. was quiet just like this till one brave man with lots of courage said pastor I'm in and then you heard I'm in I'm in I'm in I'm in I'm in I'm in I'm in, I'm in. I'm in. I'm in. I'm in. on Monday night Dr. Darius is the right messenger I'm not preaching. This, ain't, this, ain't, this is no longer our Savior's church spiritual renewal. It is St. Landry's spiritual renewal. It's those leaders. I said, this is your spiritual renewal. We give it to you. It's ours. Let's make it work. We got to move the stone. That's why tomorrow, when I say it's time to fast, it's not come. What meal am I going to give? We've got a dead man on 
the field. And perhaps God, maybe just God, is in the middle of all this. To go, this is that time. So tomorrow, I'm not asking you to fast so you'll be blessed. I'm asking you to fast and pray so we could remove a stone so that Jesus could speak to the dead man that's inside of that tomb. Are y'all tracking with me this morning? Please, I'm trying. Watch this, watch this, watch this. Take away the stone. Martha, Martha, take away the stone. Martha, the sister of the dead man, said to Lord, by this time, there's going to be an odor. I mean, you, you've already missed the moment. Of course, we already know Jesus before Martha. <laughs> I'm glad. I'm glad. It had to die so that when it does come back to life again, God is going to get the glory. Ain't going to be Pastor Eugene get the glory. Ain't going to be Heidi get the glory. Ain't going to be this team step. Victor ain't getting no glory. Torn Wells leading worship, bringing his whole team. Kicked you off the first night. You out. I'm out. I'm going to be sitting on the front row just like you. God, come. We got a dead man on the field. Break this place open. Jesus, Holy Spirit, we need you. Our city needs you. We need a move of God. Chris Hodges, Pastor Chris, largest church in America, or one of top two or three. I don't know. But it's, I don't know. I don't keep up with all that. Sitting across the dinner table from him. Pastor Chris, what do you see God's doing in the future? What do you think? America, where we're at and where it's going him looking, dropping head and going, if we don't have a supernatural move of God, I don't think there's a hope. We asked the follow-up, what do you think it's going to take to have a supernatural move of God? His answer, I don't think pastors and churches are willing to pay the price for that. I'm not asked, God's not asking us to fast. Because it's what we do. We got a dead man on the field. It's different. It ain't torn ACL. He's dead. Jesus asked Martha, do you believe? I believe that on the last day we will see the red. That isn't what he was asking, though, was he? I am the resurrection and the life. Wherever Jesus shows up, life happens. Dead things become alive again. That's what he does. He's the resurrection. Watch this. He's been dead for four days. Did I not tell you that if you believed, you would see the glory of God? So they took away the stone. And Jesus lifted up his eyes and said, Father, I thank you that you've heard me. I knew that you always hear me. But I said this on account of the people standing around, that they may believe that you sent me. And when he had said these things, he cried out with a loud voice. Lazarus, come out. Not Lazarus, live. I love this about God. He, he, he speaks to the end. He speaks to the end. He, he doesn't speak to where you're at. He's dead. He speaks to the end. In order for him to come out, he's going to have to come alive. <laughs> so he just said, come out. Breath comes in him. The same breath that came when Adam was formed out of the dust of the earth. And God breathed life into him, formed him. He just breathed right into him. I am the resurrection and the life. Come out. Come out. Some preachers, I love this, and I think it's probably true. The reason why he said, Lazarus, come out. Because if he would have just said, come out, all kinds of people would have come out. But he had to say, Lazarus. No, not you. The other Lazarus. Come out. Come out. And he calls him. And doesn't God call each of us specifically? He spoke to you the day you got born again and saved and you went from death to life. He didn't come to make bad people good. He came to make dead people live. Come on. 
Tafaro, remind me, I got to connect you with a guy. Just hit me. Talking to a brother outside, go, made lots of money. It's empty. I just need some, I just need to talk to somebody. I just need to talk to somebody because I'm just, I don't, man, I just, I said, it's dead, isn't it? Yeah, it ain't doing it for me. You can't make enough. You can't make enough. Jesus came to make dead people live again. And we've got a dead community laying on the field. And all I'm asking, could you help us move the stone by praying and fasting? And let's get that thing out of the way. And perhaps God just may say, Appaloosas, St. Landry, come out. I'll listen to you. No, no. Do you believe this? Pastor Chris showed you those pictures last week. Do y'all remember? I don't know if y'all still have them back there. You could show them Death Valley. Do y'all remember Death Valley? I'm already over time. Anybody give me five more minutes? Five minutes? Anybody? Five? No, no, just raise your hand. Five, five, 10, 15, 20, 25. Okay. I don't know if we had those. Remember he showed you Death Valley? Dead. And then he saw the rain. Pastor Jacob called me last night. Pastor Jim was in that back room back there the last time he was here, and God gave him a vision. I read some of it, read some of it to you several months ago. And he saw the feet of Jesus were dirty, and the ground was parched. And he said, Lord, what are you saying to me? Your feet are dirty. He said the first thought came to his mind was, when he says, if you go to a house and they won't receive you, shake the dust off of your feet and walk away. He thought, oh, God, you're going to turn your heart against, you're going to leave America. America's had more moves of God than any nation probably, ever, uh, maybe other than Israel. And then he said, the Lord beseeched the Father, God, would you do it one more time? Give America one more chance. One more chance. And the drop came. We're watching, Myron mentioned it, we're watching things pop up. Love's truck stop next door. Is it Billy's? Billy's Boudin coming up. Whataburger. I love Whataburger. I'm so happy. Jehovah Jireh, my provider. He heard my cry. Chick-fil-A. Christian chicken. Not that Mama's isn't Christian chicken. I still go to Mama's. You, you see that popping up, and you go, oh, that's neat. No, it's not. It's God. They, 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 it's coming. What about our schools, our school system, all that? We just, there was just a vote in the school board, 13 to 0. That's a miracle. 13 to 0 to put a Helix Academy, not one, K through 12th grade, not one, but two. Two brand new schools over the next probably five to ten years are going to be built in St. Landry Parish. We had the last school that was built. Wait, wait. The last school that was built in St. Landry Parish is about 35 years ago. The last school built in Opelousas was Opelousas High School, and I think it was in the late 50s. You're talking older than me, and that's old. I'm not asking you to fast, I'm telling you why. Maybe God will move a stone and he'll speak to a community that's been laying in the field. In fact, it began to stink a little bit. Can you just believe maybe the resurrection of the life of Superman? Pastor, you can't preach that good. Torn wheels can't lead worship that well. We need a visitation from God. We need God to move. That's why we pray and fast. We're asking, God, would you move? Would you come and move in our midst? We need the resurrection and the life. Are you with me? I love this part. Come out! Guess what happened? Remember, when they buried people back in those days, they 
mummies. You seen a mummy? They, they, with strips, strips. I don't, you, you know, we do like ace bandages, you know, and you, once you do it, you're like, I can't even bend it anymore, you know. So he said, come out. I don't know how long it took him to come out because there's only two ways to come out if you're mummified. You can either do this, which I don't think because everybody would have started laughing and that's not in the scripture, or you can jump. How many of you think you know what he did? Come out. <laughs> Here he comes. Everybody gets to watch it. Come out. And they, it came out his hands and feet bound with linen strips and his face wrapped in a cloth. And Jesus said to them, Jesus invites us in at the beginning. Move the stone. And then he's going to invite us at the end when they come out. How many remember when you got born again? That was you. And somebody walked beside you and said, hey, bro, you can't talk to your wife like that anymore. Oh, oh, okay. No, bro, that's your helpmate. The two shall become one. Oh, that ain't my old lady. No, that ain't your old lady. <laughs> bro, what you talking about? Man, you need to get in the Word. You're right, man. I'm going to start reading the Bible. Man, you know what? God started God speaking to me. Hey, bro, come on. Hey, man, are you, are you tracking with me? Somebody started untying you. Somebody started unbinding you. Someone walked beside you. I'm going to be walking with Cameron going, excuse me, Brendan. Brendan go, bah, you can't do that. You can't. Don't worry about Mr. Kate. I got him. She's going to be well taken care of. I'll make sure of that. We untie. There are going to be people that walk into the church, going to walk out and go, oh, my gosh, I'm alive. I'm going to Dwayne. Get this brother. Tafaro, get this brother. Come on. Lindsay, get this girl. Y'all get. You, you, I've only been serving the Lord for a year. Well, you've been serving the Lord one year longer than they have. Trust me, you got one year of material to pass on to them. It's going to take. Let me ask you. Are you in? In. Jesus, would you come? We got a dead man on the field. Would you just pray with me for a second? Father, we're asking you. Holy Spirit, we're praying and fasting. We start tonight, start praying in the morning. And we're asking you to send a revival first to your people take the scales off of our eyes we've been walking past dead men every single day we, we're right next to a dead man at the office we're, we're, we, we pass by we, we co-teach with a dead woman Father we're walking past dead people all day long we live in a dead city Father but you're the resurrection and the life Lord, only if you'd been here. Maybe you've delayed. We've been praying this for 12 years. Maybe your delay was so that you would get the glory. Father, on this Monday night coming, pastors and their wives are coming. Everybody look right here. I'm so excited. Pastors and their wives are coming on Monday night. They're all coming. And we're going to bring them up here and we're going to pray over them. And then we're going to have a little reception for them afterwards. You can't go. Don't try to sneak in there and say, I'm a pastor, because I know you're lying. We're going we're gonna to take them, the husbands and the wives. We're going to give them a little bit of food. We're going to speak encouragement over, and then we're going to bless them. We're going to send every single one of them on a date night with their family. Healthy marriage, healthy pastor, healthy church. So how many of you know we need lots of healthy churches in our community? We, got, we, we ain't got enough seats in all of our churches if God really starts to move. He's going to need to fill all of them up. Yes. Are you all tracking with me? Yes. I'm just asking, would you move the stone? Could you move the stone? And when he does speak, could you start untying and unbinding? Look, some of you have been, you've been small group leaders before. 
You need to re-engage. Now is that moment and that time. This is that day. You're going, I'm just thinking after COVID, I should probably. No, it's now. It's now. This is that day. You can do the QR code. Tell me, Keisha, I'm in. Let's go. Let's roll. I want to untie some people. Freedom people, get back in. You want to lead freedom? Get in. We need it. There are going to be people going, freedom. We got to get you in. We got to get you connected to somebody. Listen, harvest comes. Jesus said, look, the harvest is plentiful. It's the labors that are few. It's the labors that are few. Ask, beseech the Lord of the harvest to send labors so that you can get the harvest. This is that hour and that time. Do y'all receive what I'm laying down? Do you receive? I'm, I'm telling you this is a word from the Lord. Do you receive what I'm saying to you? We've got a dead man in the field, and now it is time for us all to hit our knees, move stone, fast and pray, and believe, and believe what God is going to do, ready to go and to go to work for him. Can I get an amen from this congregation? So be it, Lord. Father, we thank you. We receive your word today. Move, Holy Spirit. Would you come on our community and city? We need it. We need it. We're calling out desperately for you. We need, Father, a move of God, a revival. Lord, I'm asking, would you even now prepare torn wells? Would you prepare him? Holy Spirit, would you speak to him as he leads? Would you fresh anointing from the Lord? Dr. Darius Daniels, Father, not a word from, not, not the word, a, not a word, but the word, the word from the, from the Lord for such a time as this. Would you use him as a vessel, as an instrument to speak? He's been there. He, he grew up in a pastor's home. He understands pastoring. He understands our pastors will be here. God, would you move in our pastor's lives? Would you start a renewal and a revival in our other churches around our community? Father, would you spark a brand new thing? Father, just bring new, like it was the first day, Father, like, the, like a pastor gets born again, all over again, sees a new burden, Father, gets encouraged instead of all the discouragement that's going on. Father, would the lost come? We pray from the north, south, east, and west, those who are lost, Father, that they will be compelled to come in. Lord, compelled, like something's compelling them, like they just have to. Holy Spirit, you said if you'd be lifted up, you would draw all men unto yourself. So, Father, we just want to lift up one name, the name of Jesus, above Above every other name, above Catholic and Baptist and non-denominational, our Savior's church, the name of Jesus, we pray over St. Landry Parish. Come and send renewal and revival to our community. We need it. Just tell him, I need it. I need it, Jesus. I need it. Pastor Eugene needs it. So, Father, we're asking for it. We give you all the praise and glory in Jesus' name. And with every head bowed and every head closed, Christians praying. You might be here today and you don't know this Jesus. I've got a message from him to you. He loves you. He's not mad at you. He loves you. He's not mad at you. He loves you. It's not what you achieve. It's what you believe. And could you put your faith in him? Not trusting in your own works, trusting in your goodness, or being discouraged by your badness. And we got both sitting in this room right now. He came to forgive you of everything you've ever done. He said he, took, he would take your sin and throw it into the sea of forgetfulness and remember it no more. What a God. What a God. Take our sin and give us his righteousness, his goodness. What a God. That's why he came. Because he loved you. How do you do that? How do you get born again? How do you get saved? How can Jesus save me? It's as easy as ABC. You got to first admit it. You got to know where you're at. You go, I'm a sinner. We've all sinned. All of us in this room are sinners. We've sinned. We've broken the law of God. We deserve the punishment. We deserve it. We're guilty. But be, believe that Jesus came to die for our sins, to pay our sin, our, for our penalty of sin, and to take our guilt and shame away and see, confess him as Lord. It just means follow him. Do it his way. Just start following him. We'll help you. Get the grave clothes off. We'll help you. We'll help you. If you're here today and you're ready to start a relationship with this Jesus, he's ready to start one with you. I want to pray for you right now. Nobody's looking but me. Would you just hold your hand up high and say, I'm ready. I want to be born again today. Hold it up high. No one's looking. Oh, my gosh. Hands everywhere. Hold it up high. Praise God. Would you just pray this prayer with me? I, this prayer doesn't save you. It's your cry of your heart. Would you just go, Jesus? Come on, congregation. Let's add our voice to theirs. Would you say, Jesus? Forgive me. I'm a sinner. And I need your grace. 
I need your forgiveness. Please forgive me of my sin. I repent. I turn away from it. And would you come into my heart and be the Lord of my life? I choose to follow you all the days of my life. In Jesus' name, amen.